0: It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast. With interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DiArmond. Welcome back to another edition of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Gabe DiArmond and Mitchell Forty here. We are going to talk a little bit of Missouri basketball, but frankly, that's kind of depressing. Um, so we're going to leave that for the end of the podcast. We wanted to uh, lift everyone's spirits up and uh, welcome a guy that you all know and uh our personal vote for the most entertaining interview on the Missouri football team Yaseer Durant joining us Yaseer what's up man
1: uh how y'all doing
0: not bad you uh so so your charge for this podcast is you have to make the people laugh that's that's all we're looking for like you got to be funny you got to show your personality here you think you can handle that Oh yeah, I'm be good. <laughs> All right, good deal. First off, man, uh, I, I know you're somewhere out in the Pacific Time Zone, but where you at, and where are you training for the draft?
1: Uh, I'm in Bellevue, Washington, um, at four Sports Performance Trainer. So, yeah, it's kind of different scenery out here. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: and I know you just played in the uh, the East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, with a few yeah. other Mizzou players, just what what was that experience kind of like, and what else have you has, have you kind of done since uh, since the end of your Mizzou playing career?
1: Uh, well, I mean, it, it was a good experience. It was real humbling, you know. Uh, going to Shawnesse Hospital, you know, uh, that was probably uh, one of my favorite, you know, things about going down there. You know, just you know, uh, seeing you know uh, the children and. You know, children with, you know, limitations and stuff that, you know, that prevailed. And, you know, that was always like that was a real big thing for me, you know, and for the other guys that was down there with me. We really enjoyed our time. But, you know, that whole week was the whole week was good. You know, me, JJ, Kelly, AC, Trev, you know, we've all played on the same team. So we spent a lot of time together. And, you know, it was a good experience, you know, getting to learn from NFL coaches, you know, getting to talk to scouts and, you know, getting to showcase our abilities.
0: So, are you training with any of those other guys? I mean, I know obviously you you probably still in pretty close touch. Are Are you training with any of those guys or any other you know college players that that maybe Mizzou fans would know? Um,
1: no, I'm I'm not training with any of those guys. Um, and I doubt, and i because uh, most of the guys that I'm training with right now is from um, University of Washington, so I doubt they will probably know them.
2: You mentioned you know getting a chance to to work with some uh some scouts and some NFL coaches and stuff like that what what's kind of been the the main uh you know the feedback and and what what they they like about your game or what maybe they uh they want to see uh you know I- improving the the pre-draft workouts and stuff like that
1: um going down there you know uh they really like my um athletic ability you know uh me being uh the the weight that I am and me being able to move like that. Uh, they were really impressed with that. They were impressed with my film. They liked my film very much. Um, just uh, a couple things, you know, just uh, to get more, you know, uh, flexible, you know, uh, in the hips and being being able to bend more and, uh, you know, just uh, dropping a few pounds. Uh, that was probably the biggest thing, just uh, weight control.
2: You mentioned uh, they like your athletic ability. Did you run any pass patterns for them? Because you looked real good as a, as a decoy no. on that one touchdown this season.
1: Mm, no, so I didn't, but I, I was – trying to let them know that like <laughs> if they needed an extra receiver then i would be the first guy up and had like a fake field goal in which i wasn't in of course but if i was in i definitely would score
0: <laughs> hey man we saw like a 340 pound guy catch a touchdown in the playoffs for the titans last week so i mean he's out, he's out there blazing trails for you
1: yeah so yeah so he, he he's been, he's paving the way for us and i if I had to, um, you know, um, guess, I, I would probably be the next one to do that if I had to <laughs> take, take a guess.
0: All right. So, obviously, everybody's goal is, you know, in, in April, whenever the draft is, hear your name called. I mean, what are your expectations going in these next couple months? And, and you know, do you is that is that something that, that you think is in your future?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, just like you said, everybody wants to hear their name called. And in reality – you know, everybody's not going to get their name called. But, you know, uh, for me, you know, uh, that's something that I've been hearing a lot, you know, um, that's, you know, a big possibility. So, you know, I'm just going to keep on working, you know, uh, put it all to God and, you know, that's the only thing I can do. You know, if I get, you know, too caught up in when my name's going to get called and everything, then, you know, I'm not really doing my part, you know. Uh, So I'm going to just keep doing my thing, just keep working, and that's all I can really do.
2: I know it can be kind of hectic with all the – <clears throat> working out in a new place and then all the the different yeah. workouts and combines and stuff but you know you, you've had somewhat interesting journey you started you didn't start playing football till high school and then you uh you went to junior college for a year before ending up at Missouri I guess you know do you ever think back and reflect kind of to to when it was how recently it was that you first maybe realized that playing after college could be a, a possibility for you
1: Yeah. You know, um, growing up, you know, it, uh, you know, I never really thought about it, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's guys that, you know, uh, you know, thought about this since they were young, you know, since they were little kids, you know, that was really never a thought for me, but, um, I would say like, into high school, uh, senior year, uh, and then not really until I got to Missouri and actually started playing. And then like, then I realized like, this could, you know, really be something for me, um, just noticing, you know, um not to sound cocky or whatever, but like noticing how good I was and, you know, uh noticing, you know, uh realizing I can play at a high level. Um, play in the SEC and, you know, do those type of things. So, you know, um I always look back at it that, you know, it just seems, it seems like it seems like yesterday when, you know, I just got to Missouri. So like, you know, time goes by fast.
0: Talking with former Mizzou offensive lineman Yaseer Durant and it, you know, whether it's in a few months or a few years after a career in the NFL or whatever, what's, what are your other interests? I mean, what's the, what's the other plan for whenever football is over?
1: Um, first, um, I, I would say I, I want to be a comedian. That's what I want to <laughs> There you go. Nah, 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 I'm, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> uh, honestly, um, uh, I would like to, you know, go back into coaching, uh, be a coach and, uh, I think, you know, um, the stuff that I've learned, you know, uh, throughout, you know, my college career and stuff, you know, playing the different type of, you know, offensive systems and different type of coaches, you know, uh, I got that, um, you know, I got kind of that different kind of uh, opinions on stuff. So I would say going back into coaching is probably going to be um, a big thing for me.
2: You see, you know, just looking back at your time at Missouri, you showed up at a time when, uh, when the school hadn't been to the postseason in a few years, it was a little bit down, went to uh bulls your first couple seasons uh had the eligibility this season when you when you look back what are just kind of some of the things you you reflect on and and you know is there anything that you look back on and and regret it all or is is, is it all uh just positive memories
1: um you know uh I, I would say i i try to make everything a positive memory you know um uh, just you know being able to share those experiences with you know people that come you know uh coming from different backgrounds uh you know, you had different different type of guys on the team, and I would say, you know, you know, everything has been a blessing. You know, everything was a blessing. I, you know, I didn't think that I was going to, you know, be there at University of Missouri. You know, coming out of JUCO, and you know, I take that as a blessing. You know, with just like you said, you know, the past couple seasons before I got there, you know, they were in, you know, they were in the, they were in the down. You know, they were in the slump, and being able to you know, leave the place, you know, better than where I came into, you know, was a big thing for me um, was, you know, going to two straight bowl games, first two years, and, you know, uh, obviously last season being what it was. And, um, you know, all that was just a blessing for me. Now, I never try to take anything as a negative experience as, you know, um, as, oh, man, I wish I would have did this, you know, everything's a learning experience, you know.
0: So you're talking about last year and, and learning experiences and and I told you kind of we we were going to ask about last year. Just you know you look back on on uh, on that season kind of kind of what happened and then just how hectic was it? I know you were obviously done, but but you're close to everybody, still close to guys on the team, and and Coach Odom gets let mm-hmm. go. I mean, from a player's perspective, how how kind of uh, I, I guess tumultuous is that that few weeks right after the season? Um,
1: it was tough, you know, um, it was tough because, uh, you know, uh, obviously you hear things on, you know, social media, you know, on the internet and stuff, um, uh, what's going to happen or what should happen or whatever. But, um, you know, we as players, you know, never lost, never lost faith in Coach Odom, you know, never lost hope in Coach Odom. Coach Odom, you know, um, he came into the building every day with a positive attitude, smile on his face, you know, wanting us to get better. Like don't worry about the outside distraction. You know, that was his, that was his motto the the first game, you know, uh, even when I got there, you know, never worry about the distractions. Uh, like, so those couple of days was, was really hard. I mean, I, I know for me, I know for my teammates too, but for me, you know, it was really hard because, you know, seeing a guy, personally for me, who like, you know, took a chance on me um, that, you know, didn't know if, you know, I was going to be able to, you know, uh, be good or whatnot. And him being able to take a chance on me and, being able to give me an opportunity playing SEC, you know, I'm going to be forever grateful. Uh, I still still talk to Coach Odom. He calls me uh, every once in a while, you know. um, You know, just that respect that I give for him, and, you know, I will forever be uh, indebted to him. How
0: how weird is it getting on Twitter and seeing uh, Coach Odom and Brad Davis uh, tweeting stuff with their Arkansas gear on? (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, it's it's, it's, it's kind of weird you know uh it's kind of uh different you know because uh just because of the Mizzou and arkansas thing but you know um uh, i'm happy for those guys and you know uh they're happy where they at so you know that, that's always good
2: you see you know sometimes when, when schools make a coaching change it's it's entering kind of a, a rebuild but you know obviously at missouri as we mentioned you all you know, had some, some success or sure over the last few years. I guess just what having yes. obviously been a part of that team very recently, what what's kind of your take on, on the situation that that Eli Drinkwitz is uh is taking over?
1: Um, you know, he he's gonna be coming into a building with uh guys that are hungry, you know, uh guys that have something to prove, you know. And he's gonna come into a he got a roster. He's he has a really talented roster, you know. Uh you look at, you know, what our, our roster, you know, with Missoula for the past couple of years since I've been there. Like we have we had talent, you know, um we had talent on our team, you know, a lot lots of guys, um that does good playmakers on our team. And you know, uh he's gonna be coming to a roster that you know, that has a bunch of playmakers. Uh quarterback position you have, you know, uh Sean, Connor, you know, um You have offensive linemen that, you know, play, that has experience under their belt. You you got a defense, you know, uh, Coach Walters and those guys, you know, they're going to have those guys ready. Um, And, you know, just he's going to be coming to a roster that's hungry. And I can't, I I personally can't wait to see what they do uh, this season.
0: Who's the guy on the team that maybe we don't know about yet or fans haven't seen play yet? Maybe a young guy that that you saw in practice this year that, that you think he's gonna be a guy we better know in the next year or two.
1: Um if I had to say on the offensive side I would say uh y'all obviously seen uh, y'all obviously seen Cam Scott um yeah y'all, y'all obviously seen Cam Scott for the past two seasons. I think uh he has a lot has a lot more in his um in his tool bag that you know um that once he put it all together, that he's going to be special. Um, offensive line wise, you have uh, Thalen Robinson. Thalen Robinson, a young guy who's who, who's really talented. Uh, that you know uh, made that push in the beginning of the year to start playing, and you know I think with a, that first year under his belt and getting into his off season, I think he's I think he's going to be a, a real real talented um real talented guy. Um, and uh, Simi Bakari is one uh is a real talented dude and and the defensive side uh can't really think of Stacy. Uh Stacy uh, is uh gonna be a real good player. Um and uh Aiden Aiden Harrison I, Aiden Harrison those two um because you know them being on Scout team last year going against them, you know, they bring it they bring it every day. And just seeing them and how they you know, got better throughout the season. Was you know, uh, was big, and I, I think those players are going, going to have a huge breakout season this year.
2: So you see, your last thing for me, uh, you know, we're gonna to have to be doing interviews this year uh, without without going to you for your uh, your your insight and your uh, your wit. Who's who's the guy on the team now that we should go to to uh, to get a get a creative response, get a funny quote?
1: Uh. I don't think there wasn't nobody funnier than me. I'm
2: not saying funnier than you. I'm just saying, you know, now that you're gone,
1: Uh, I would say uh, he. See, that's the thing, he? I would say Jack Buford, but he's probably not going to be. He's not probably going to be. Like if I was talking to him, he would, you know, uh, say some funny stuff, you know. But I don't know how he would be if y'all asked him. Uh, so that—that's definitely one. Jack Buford um, is a funny guy, and Sean Robinson, I, I would say, is you go, he's like Sean. Sean Robinson is, a, is an interesting guy. So
0: <laughs> I, I would say him. All right, we'll we'll wrap you up. Just. To do you see yourself uh, over the next few years being a guy that kind of stays connected to Missouri that maybe comes back and and sees some games and stuff like that, even though, you know, you're not necessarily from this area.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I would forever be a Missouri Tiger, you know, uh, always come back, you know, when I can. And, you know, um, actually I was just talking to, uh, Justin Britt a little bit. He's out here, uh, working out too. Mm. So, uh, just talking with him a little bit, you know, um, always you know be a Missouri tiger you know always come back and visit always chat with the guys and you know always be you know involved in the program um in any way I can. All
0: right, you are a Philly guy is the uh, is the ultimate dream in April that you hear the Eagles call your name.
1: Um I would say it's a dream but um yeah yeah you know I I would be I would be pretty pretty happy if I get uh you know drafted by the Eagles.
0: All right, one last quick one for you, Chiefs 49ers.
1: That's hard because you know me as an offensive guy, I feel as though, you know, if you got an offense like the Chiefs do, then you can win any games. But the forty nine have been playing some really good defense. But if I had to uh if I had to roll, I would say uh, I would say forty nine
0: ers but close. You you were going so good there. I'm a Kansas City guy. I don't know yeah, if you can I, no, come no, back game, on the podcast game, now.
1: Game, I know that you're a Chiefs fan, <laughs> and just because you didn't interview me a lot this past season, that, that's why I went 49ers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good enough. All right, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Good luck, and uh, and we'll definitely be hoping to hear your name in April and uh, and catch up with you down the road. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. All right, have a good one. You see Durant, former Mizzou offensive lineman. Interesting, working out a little bit with Justin Britt. He's come back from a, a torn ACL. It was all going well to the last, like, 12 seconds.
2: He held it against you that you didn't interview him I, enough. That's kind of harsh. He, would,
0: he he truly, he was, like, most guys hated talking to us, and they don't want to talk to us. It, we would just be standing around, and you see her would walk up and be like, why are you not talking to it me? Mainly
2: you, though. He really, he always did. He would always be like, I want to talk to Gabe. I'm like, well, like, you know, I work with Gabe. Like, we're, we, we write for the same website. He's like, no, I want to talk to Gabe.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. We we got to talk to Yasir. truly. He's one of the, one of the more fun guys to cover the last few years and I think he's got a shot um it getting drafted. I think Jordan Elliott definitely gets drafted, Alberto definitely gets drafted, AC probably gets drafted. Yeah. And then when you go to that next most likely guy, I think it's probably Yasir Durant if yep. there's a fourth
2: one. I would agree. I don't know. I'm sure, you know, he's he's probably a little bit on the fence, but yeah, I think you you would go to Durant and then maybe uh, Trevor Wallace Sims.
0: Yeah, so uh, that was interesting. I didn't realize all five of those guys played in the East-West Shrine Bowl. uh, Mm -hmm. Senior Bowl's going on. I don't think there are any Missouri guys down there.
2: No, they all went to the Shrine Bowl. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, okay, well, that was the fun part. Um, Now the more fun part, have you ever at any point in your life picked up a chair and thought that you should (laughs) swing it at someone?
2: I I don't think I have, which is disappointing, really. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I, much less in front of, you know, right. a lot of people where they're sure-fire in, disciplined. In
0: front of the handicap section <laughs> at Allen Fieldhouse. I when think, you know that you're going to get in trouble. Like, I yeah. know that I shouldn't be taking as much joy in that happening as I did. But I say this, like, I'm not even joking. That's the most entertaining thing that's happened in college basketball all year for
2: me. Oh, easily. Not even. It's not even close. There's I mean, the, the second the second, second thing happened during the preseason, also on that court. <laughs> like, I
0: mean, true. That,
2: but true. that doesn't really count. No. Yeah, I was saying to people last night, like I would I would give anything to cover that game. Are you kidding? That'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, except for the fact that there was literally one second left in the game, and I guarantee every person that was covering that game had to totally erase what that Oh write. yeah, but it's
2: well worth it. It's yeah. well worth it to get to, you know, I would I would be over there trying to talk to that girl who was like cowering in fear and like the guy oh. the the fans well, who got decked.
0: So, you know they do those pictures sometimes. The last one I remember was the when Eric Hosmer scored the the run on the the ground ball that basically won the 2015 World Series. There was a picture of like all the Mets fans and the Kansas City Star did a breakdown like they went and talked to a bunch of them and mm-hmm. hey, here's who the – we need that of that picture. Oh, we like, absolutely You've got to talk to the yeah. girl on the ground. You've got to talk to the old guy who mm-hmm. looked like he was reaching out. There was a kid in the third row who looked like he thought that was the greatest thing he'd ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: I No, I, I couldn't agree. I want all, all fight-related, brawl-related coverage. <laughs> I really – that's definitely the most exciting thing that's happened in college basketball.
0: And, and like, we say that, but seriously, it's – and I've talked to a lot of other people that feel this way too. So I, I don't think it's just like I'm old and I don't care anymore. I can't watch college basketball this year. It's horrendous. Yeah, I, I don't even think there's a good team.
2: No, that's the thing. There's, there's. I mean, there's several good teams. There's, but they're all flawed. You there's know, they're all they're team. all capable of losing to almost anyone on their schedule on any given night. And there's just there's very little star power. I mean, like you know, I can't I can't hardly name. Really, I don't think I, no names jump out of like out to me as like a guy who's like, oh yeah, he's in the contention for like player of the year and first and first overall pick. Like I don't, you know, Anthony Edwards is a good player, but right. he's he's going to be a high draft pick, but he's far it, from a, a great college player. Vernon Carey's fine, but he's not been very good lately. That's that's about all I got.
0: I I mean, it, you you just said Vernon Carey. Until then, I was thinking I'm not sure I can name a player on Duke. Yeah. So there you go, Vernon Carey. If if I if you asked me, who are the top five teams in the country right now? There's zero Baylor's up there. I know that. Baylor's a number one. Gonzaga's Guns-
2: yeah, up there. Gonzaga's two. I think San Diego State's still undefeated, so they're Kansas up there. Is Kansas somewhere. is up there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely it's just not but, been a very fun season. I think just the lack of star power, and know, oh, it's just not like been a lot of great storylines. There's you know, yeah, the I mean the the. The quality of play. I mean, there's just not a lot of points being scored. It's not. We know fun. about that. We'll talk yeah. about that in a minute. Yeah. But,
0: uh it, well, and the other thing is, is I don't think they'll ever do this. They should shorten the season. Yeah. Because even the diehards, like, there's that one weekend where, like, Duke plays Kentucky and Michigan mm-hmm. State plays Kansas, and that's kind of cool, and you might watch those games. But then nobody pays attention to at least until league play starts. Yeah. And really more realistically until the NFL playoffs are over. Like there are a lot of people probably just now tuning into college basketball for the first
2: time. Yeah, no, they have great. There's usually actually a lot of really good non-conference games in like November, but you know, those, those Thanksgiving week tournaments and like the champions classic, like you measured, and even just random, you know, like those random tip off classic games. Like they need to move all of those to now (laughs) they need to, they can play all the cupcake games before, play those now and then start league play.
0: I don't, think they should play the cupcake game. So there are 32 well, yeah, they games not. on a schedule. I mean, they
2: should play like four instead of Every high of major them, yeah. team has eight,
0: yeah. probably, that are automatic wins. Mm. And the problem is there's 353 Division 1 basketball programs, and the reason is because they all fall in love with the idea that if we can win this dog crap conference we're in, we're going to make millions of dollars from the NCAA tournament. So schools that have no business being in Division 1 are playing Division 1 basketball and they're just going like one in 12 on the road. And that's a big reason nobody's showing up. Yeah. I don't want to go watch Chicago. I get paid and I don't want to watch Chicago. Yeah, absolutely.
2: State play. Yeah. No, incarnate word. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. The, I mean, Missouri's home schedule this year was particularly bad. I yeah. mean, what was the best home non conference game? Wofford? Uh, um, yes.
0: Yeah. Or Northern Kentucky. Or Northern Kentucky.
2: I mean, that's yeah. terrible.
0: And so here's the other thing a shortened schedule does. Maybe. Because football, even if your team's not great or whatever, it's an event. There's 12 of them. Mm -hmm. Only six of them are at home. If you go to a road game, you might see your team play seven times. It's a big deal. You make a day out of it. First of all, you can't make a day out of anything on an icy night at 8 o'clock in Columbia. You're not going. Uh You're, You're definitely not driving more than 30 minutes to go. So nobody's showing up at these games. Maybe if you go from 31 games to... 24 games, play six non-conference games, start on December 15th. Maybe then people actually pay more attention to the games and pay attention to the sport before – March 15th.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely there's, you know, quite a few issues with with college basketball, starting with just the the lack of, you know, star power and the fact that the best players are gone after one year uh, or don't go to college to begin with now. But yeah, I think that's the other thing is, yeah, just that some of so many so many games that that don't matter and aren't capturing people's attention. And like for Missouri, when you're two hours away from your major population centers, like I don't fault anyone for not driving in with, with, you know, the threat of possible bad weather last night for a game at eight or Tuesday night for a game at 8 p.m.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to say it's the most meaningless regular season in all of sports, but it's an incredibly meaningless regular season. Mm. I mean, if you ask anybody outside of Lawrence, Kansas, who won this conference or that conference or whatever, nobody knows. Yeah, because it doesn't mean anything. I, I think the regular season champion should get to go to the tournament. Oh, I agree. And then I don't know. Feel what was, free was, give was, give the conference tournament champion a spot too. Yes, if you feel like that, you that was the
2: idea it. that we were talking. I think it was, was it, who who brought that up last year was it you or did know, had someone bring it to your attention i remember talking about that i think on the podcast having every every so- both regular season and tournament champion go and however many spots are left that's how many at large bid you have and so it can you're change telling
0: me that on this illustrious podcast we talked about this a year ago and nobody's done it. <laughs> i again?
2: know can you believe that that's absurd well, who do we got to
0: talk to hideous we need to get more listeners i guess <laughs> our 14 listeners have no pull i guess uh so, I guess we've delayed it as long as we can. Missouri played another game last night. It was the same. It, it literally was the same game as the Tennessee game. It, it, there was zero difference. Yeah, except, except the a, team a they worse lost to might, might have been worse. Yeah,
2: uh, it was. I mean, it, it, I think you called it, like, the point of no return loss, and I think mm-hmm. that's accurate. Like, it's just, you know, even the most optimistic person cannot, really have any expectations for this year aside from you know you're looking at maybe make a miracle run in the sec tournament which obviously or, the odds are extremely slim
0: like i think now we're at the point of forget the ncaa tournament now we're mapping out the the path to over 500 and maybe in the sec and even that's yeah not so, a gimme
2: yeah i mean you're, you're a double digit home favorite against one of the worst offensive teams in the country i mean not just worst high major teams, one of the worst offensive teams in the country in Texas A&M. And, yeah, I mean, you're you're exactly right. You know, Missouri had... I mean, A&M at one point in the first half went like nine, eight, eight it, over more than minutes eight minutes, without, minutes without, without scoring at all. Yeah, and, you know, they entered the game like the third worst three-point shooting team in the country, and Missouri was worse on offense consistently until about the last minute, and then still, you know, found a way to make it interesting at the end, and just like they have been kind of all year, we're just any one of any number of plays away from from getting it done, but uh, just no one stepped up and made the play.
0: When Mark Smith made the three to to make it a two-point game, I said, I don't know which team should feel worse that this game is this close. Mm -hmm. And somebody said to me today, that was a must-win game, but then we said... But like why? Must right. win for what? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even it, if you'd won that game, it didn't matter. Right.
2: It's more like, you know, like we mentioned, the point of no return loss. It's like a loss just you know, kind of dooms the season. I don't know what a win would that a win would undoom it, but like right. a loss right. absolutely now it's like, okay, there's it, there's just nothing to get excited even about.
0: Even the most optimistic people outside of the locker room understand now this is playing out the string. Mm-hmm. You're not really playing for I mean, yes, technically you could be playing for something. But there is no chance, based in reality, that this is an NCAA tournament team
2: anymore. Right, right. So I guess we got like the question so, is why? What? Up. Where was the like? Where's the the great disconnect between conso Martin saying, if this if we're thirteenth in this league, it's the best in ever to has, right. to lace them up and we're a tournament team versus where we're at?
0: I still don't think they're going to be thirteenth. No, I not. think they're going to manage to get to like eleven.
2: Yeah, but same idea.
0: So I've had I've had this discussion, and some people say. I mean, he's the coach. What's he going to say? Well, don't say you that. You don't have
2: to go that far right. on a limb. He, he really, can, I mean, I, I guarantee he believed
0: that. You can feel good about your team without saying we're good enough to win the SEC. And two things have happened since then. Number one, they're not nearly good enough to win it. And number two, it's not even any good. No, the league's like, not, not a very good. it's bad league. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I i mean, I think, obviously, you know, losing Jeremiah Tillman didn't hurt. Help, but it's but no longer, it's nowhere then. near the level of like a Jonte Porter, Michael Porter injury. They weren't particularly, like you said, playing that great before that I mean, he plays last night. There's, it, there's probably a 50% chance he fouls out in five minutes against Nebo. Yeah. Like that, that and, could very well happen.
0: Like, where's the disconnect? Here's, and, and I mentioned this some on the message board today, but. The problem with college sports is it just always for everyone comes back to our coach sucks and we have to fire him. Mm-hmm. That game last night had nothing to do with Conzo Martin coaching poorly. They got a ton of open shots. yeah, And they just couldn't make them. His biggest problem right now is he has guys that can't make shots. Yeah. And I understand he recruited them. So ultimately he's responsible. Those guys don't get fired. He's the only one that can get fired for it. But when you say the coach sucks... What you're really saying, it goes back to that argument again. Well, he's a good recruiter, but he's a bad coach. No, you can't be a good recruiter and a bad coach because good recruiters have good players and therefore are good coaches.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I thought Conzo had one quote last night that was just kind of the money quote when he said, you know, you, you can't force a guy to do something he's not good at. Basically, right. it was like, I can't force Mark Smith and Torres Watson to become great drivers. I can't force these guys to make shots. Like, I right. I can do everything I can to tell them to, to you know, do this and the X and O and, and, and give themselves shots, but at the end of the day, they have to make the plays.
0: And, and the most— most I want to say the most concerning quote to me but by the same token it's literally all he can say is you know I mean we're going to keep taking open shots and eventually Mm -hmm. we got to make them and so on one hand he's right I mean that that's the only solution on the other hand like hope is not a strategy yeah absolutely
2: no and I still think I think they needed to they needed to take more shots inside the arc last night I mean 35 to 15 is not a sustainable ratio for a team that shoots 30 percent um and you know, well, I they know need that...
0: to take all their shots unguarded from 15 feet. That's true. 15. That's true. <laughs> We're actually saying
2: after the game, maybe they need to, like, draw up a play where someone catches the ball at the free throw line, stops, pauses, takes a couple dribble, maybe <laughs> spins the ball back to themselves. Everyone else causes, like, a distraction elsewhere, and then they shoot.
0: It's like a fumble rooski <laughs> yeah. where one guy's just taking. <laughs> Has the ball under his jersey or something,
2: yeah. But no, I mean, like in the games against a and Mississippi State, like, yes, those teams are basically daring you to three, you know, to shoot threes. I mean, A&M played his own, Mississippi State didn't, but same idea. They're long, they make it hard to get to the basket, but you, you still have to try to do that at a certain point. You can't just keep saying, Well, the shot's wide open. I mean, it's open for a reason, you're not making it
0: right. It, this is true from every level, from the YMCA to Tribune basketball to the NBA. <laughs> RIP
2: no longer exists.
0: If you are all by yourself with and they are watching you take a 20-foot jump shot, there's a reason, and it's not because they think you're going to make it.
2: Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, like, there's blame to go around. Obviously, the coaching staff does not come out of this blameless. We're not even going to talk about the possibility of, of you know, no, I, when I he leaves because, 15, yeah, months. it's absolutely unbearable to have the same discussion every single day when it, it's not going to end anytime soon. Um, but yeah, there's certainly not a ton of optimism, especially, you know, when you look at the, how the roster might can be constructed next year and, right. uh, the, the current, uh, signee. So, and, yeah. And
0: look, there's one thing that saves this, a Josh Christopher or someone like that. And For I don't want transfer. to say saves this, like it's completely over. It, right. it, that's not what I'm saying, but there's one thing that instantly could make this, uh, competitive in the SEC roster, and that's a guy who can go get you
2: 25.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I assume most teams would like to have that
2: guy. Yeah, that's the problem. It's not not easy to come by. An immediately eligible slash high school person who can do that, are, they're, they're slim pickings.
0: Yeah, and, you know, like recruiting isn't – it's not a draft. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes is out there, like Eli Drinkwitz can't just say, Yeah, I want, that's the one I want. Like, it's, <laughs> he, it's not your turn. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State get the first 30, then we'll let you go at yeah. some point. So, yeah, um, I don't know. They play at West Virginia on Saturday. That's not going to go very well.
2: Probably not. No, West Virginia is a lot better than uh, I think anyone expected. Their style never really match. It works well for a. Uh, for Mizzou, so yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: The last time they played West Virginia, I think it was that '17 season, and they had mm-hmm. like this huge lead. Yeah, and then um, it, it just unraveled. It unraveled, it un- unraveled <laughs> very quickly. That was a really good West Virginia team, but so is this. So um, over under on number of college basketball players who threatened to hit someone with a chair before the next podcast at
2: .5. Yeah, sadly, I'm probably gonna take the under this is really a wanted relatively harsh punishment i i was you know i'm i'm i i want it to happen more i think we should find a way to incorporate yeah. that regularly
0: i'm gonna pick up the chair in the studio and swing it at you and suspend myself for the next 12 podcasts so <laughs>
2: that's well, a long time yeah. I, don't, I don't think i can carry on
0: <laughs> all right so i guess uh largely because it's a huge chair and i don't think i can pick it up and because you would win the fight uh, <laughs> i guess i'll just be here next thursday so Thanks for listening. We'll, uh, I don't know, probably have a podcast seven days from now.